On today's episode of Rare Humans, I talk with a longtime friend, Annie Huey. She's an adventurer, free skier, Alaskan trailblazer, and a pure soul. We talk about her most recent adventures, dealing with fear, friends along the way, and her future plans. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hello, Annie. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Evan? I'm doing good. It's been a long time. It has. I was, uh, before this call, I was thinking about, I have this core memory with you and your brother. I don't know where, we were like outside some baseball field somewhere. And I remember I like jumped into the field and got like yelled at by everybody. And for some reason, that's like some weird core memory that I had that <laughs> with you when we were kids. And my brother and I were like, get off the field. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like tripped. I think I was like super embarrassed. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually grew up in the same, same old town, Spokane, Washington, oh, yeah. um, beautiful Pacific Northwest. Um, and you are an amazing, talented skier, adventurer. Uh, you have one of the cutest dogs I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, what have you, what have you been up to? Give me, give me the, give me the rundown. Yeah, this year has been pretty crazy for me. I was just talking to my mom about it this morning, how it's kind of been a year of uh, kind of self-discovery and feeling like what I've been putting out into the universe has kind of been coming back. And uh, I think for a long time, I've kind of felt like I was giving so much to other people in different relationships and kind of felt like I was kind of left tight and dry a lot of the times. And this year I kind of made a leap and moved to Alaska. I was in, up in Valdez. Valdez is like the free ride, heli skiing capital of the world. It's super rad up there. Um, and I just was totally embraced and kind of held by the Alaskan community and oh my gosh, people in Alaska are so kind and so community focused. Like I was completely blown away by the relationships I made there. And uh, yeah, I'm moving actually next month full-time to Alaska and I'm super stoked. It'll be really fun, a little nervous, but it'll be cool. Congratulations. That's amazing. So you, you got, you got into it. Now you're going to be moving there full-time. You enjoyed it. What were some of the things that initially you loved so much about that community and the culture up in Alaska? Yeah, I think it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about kind of like everyday people who are out there getting after it and building community with other people and supporting each other. They're totally like shirt off your back kind of people up there. And um, yeah, I had people helping me out in ways that I hadn't even expressed. Like I think for me, I've really struggled to ask people for help or, you know, I, I've, I've always felt like a burden to other people. Um, but up there, it kind of reshaped how I view friendships and how um, I view myself as a member of a community. I was living in Seattle for about three years, and that's kind of what got me into the backcountry slash mountaineering community. But I never felt like I was part of the community, I think, because it's so big in Seattle. There's so many people getting after it it can kind of be hard to find your place and find your people. And so instantly up there, I felt like I was already a part of the community and they're super welcoming to outsiders. So I, I never felt like that localism that you'll see in mountain towns. And yeah, people are just, just kind. They're super awesome. And, and they, they go after it really hard, but they're like low key about it. You know? I love that. Yeah. That's the biggest thing about community is, you know, when we have billions of 
of humans roaming the, the planet, we still have to keep in mind that, you know, hundred years ago when we had our tribes and our communities, it was very small and like we knew everyone's names and we, yeah. we looked out for your neighbors. And, and now even for me living in a place like LA, um, you're surrounded by millions of people, but it, you feel like you're alone in a way. Cause mm -hmm. like everybody's just in their own world and you don't know anything. So I think that's cool. That that's amazing that you get to experience such a great small community. Everybody's looking out for each other and you guys are having fun together. I mean, heli skiing, all those things are amazing. Like what are, what are some of the highlights of your, your previous time in, in Alaska? You know, what, what adventures did you go on and, and what things did you, you do? What, what fun did you have? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had so much fun. It was every week was fun there. Like every week I'd be like, this is the best week of my life. <laughs> the next week we could come and it'd be like, again, the best week ever. I, love um, that. I think first of all, I think the international community that I met up there was pretty crazy. Um, tons of people from South America. There's a huge South America, like Chilean, Argentinian community that comes up to AK and then Alaskans go down to Argentina and they're like opposite of snowbirds. They like follow the snow around the world, uh, which is pretty <laughs> sick. And they're just obviously, everybody's just super stoked to be there. And uh, so that international community is pretty sweet. Um, and then for me, we went into Denali Park in about, Kind of around the solstice in june and for me that was like a huge kind of monumental trip because i've been kind of slowly building skills over the past few years and that was the big combination of all of these skills i've been learning like camping on a glacier for a while like glacier travel some alpine climbing like ski mountaineering you know kind of doing all those like crevasse rescue stuff so um, and I was there with like some of my favorite buddies down there and we were just, you know, smoking spliffs and having a good time on the glacier and making friends with other people camped out there. And yeah, like that was probably the most like epic trip I've ever been on. Like it was actually like considered an expedition. So for someone who's like pretty new to the sport, it was, it was pretty awesome. You're getting in the thick of it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I I, I just love like whenever I see one of your stories pop up, I'm like, what is she up to now? <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I want to go through your Instagram. I know that's where you kind of post a lot of your stuff really quick. I'm going to share my sure. screen and we can go through some things and just kind of uh, if you want, stop me when I'm hovering over a photo. And if you have a cool story from it or just the adventure, because you yeah, like I said, you have a lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, um, for sure. let me bring up my uh, screen here. Here we go. All right. Can you see that? I can. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> that's you. OK, let's go down here. Where is the Alaska era? I think probably yeah. a lot of this is right. This is yes. all from that's. Uh, yeah. So just for context, like when about this time last year, I was like had just gone through a breakup. I moved out of Seattle. I was kind of bummed out. I felt like Seattle didn't feel fun or like comfortable for me anymore. I love the Cascades, but I was like, man, I have too many memories here that kind of make me sad. So going to Alaska was like pretty big, epic change for me. Um, and so when I went up there, I literally only had two weeks of guaranteed housing. That's my buddy Tanner. He's awesome. He's really into, I actually picked him up. I picked him up on the side of the road. He was hitchhiking with his buddy. Um, I love that. I yeah. Love that. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we were fast friends. He's awesome. He actually lives down in uh, Newport beach. He's a surfer too. These are my <laughs> Chilean brothers, Seba and Diego. I adore these two. They totally reshaped how I view uh, like friendships, like 
They're some of the warmest people I've ever met. They're always down for fun and they're super inclusive. Like, like kind of going back to what I was saying about feeling like a burden to people, like, oh my gosh, these guys never made me feel like that ever. They're like, everybody's invited. It's always a good time, always smiling. Just my favorite people in the world. This picture is just radiating love. <laughs> right? I know. It's Diego. Dieguito. I love Diego so much. So these are some intense pictures. I mean, you guys are literally like climbing the side of a massive mountain. I mean, I am a pretty intermediate skier. I, I can do a few cool tricks and sorts. But when it comes to this oh, stuff, yeah. I think this is true skiing. I mean, you you have to have no fear. Here's a cool video. If we can, I guess it probably won't <laughs> let me play it on my show. Uh, oh, there we go. Is this yeah. you right here? That is me. Yeah, this was uh, me and Seba kind of later in the season. I was stoked. This is actually one of the most classic lines in Thompson Pass. It's called a mountain called Python. And I wasn't sure if I'd be able to ski it because I didn't really have like the partners. And I was, you know, my first first season in the range. So I was just kind of like getting familiar with it. Um, but Seba, he's actually an international mountain guide from Chile, he's been a North Face athlete for 12 years. He's super badass um, and just like one of the silliest people I know. Uh, there he is. <laughs> him rolling, rolling a split on the summit. <laughs> Giving me some Travis Pastrana energy right there. I love that. His hair is always crazy. Um, but There's you right there. Yeah. So we decided that we were going to see some of the more classic, like bigger lines and Thompson Pass together. And so for me, it was dope to have, you know, someone who's like my brother, but also like a really big mentor for me in the mountains because he he's so experienced and he has like the highest level of accreditation you can in, in mountain guiding. So, um, yeah, like super crazy, dude. I'm actually going to meet up with him next month. We're driving up to Alaska together and we're going to he's going to teach me how to ice climb. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> wow. See, the great thing about you know, being human is that there are other humans out there that just want to simply have fun and teach you yes. how to be, a, you know, a better human and have fun too. At the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of people are caught up in their own stresses and lives and all that. But I think what really is appealing about you and your lifestyle and doing these things is like, it also is is helping you learn more about yourself. I'm sure being in these situations of fear and not knowing if you're there or ready enough or, or good enough, like, that's that's like the purest form of self-discovery i mean you're literally on the side of a cliff um with with like one of the most like most accredited you know mountain guides and and so i think it's cool that you get to to have these experiences oh i gotta touch up on the dog here <laughs> give me some doggo stories oh my gosh mochi mochi is the greatest adventure partner ever she's right here she's looking at me she's like what's up mom <laughs> uh, she lives and breathes alaska and honestly i was thinking about it i was like she's the best way i've ever made friends because <laughs> you know you walk into a parking lot and you got this like adorable little creature running around and she doesn't you know get social anxiety so she walks up to anybody and makes friends with everybody so she's she's the best i i love her she's makes me laugh all day long <laughs> the, this video is amazing I know. she's making her own trails <laughs> <laughs> she tears it up people are always like wait she goes skiing with you how does that work i'm like oh man she's a better skier than me <laughs> i love that that's so cool here well, here's a great picture of the yeah oh, those are the valdez mountains behind you yeah yeah that's uh it's the chugach mountain range and that's uh thompson pass it's my favorite place in the world oh my gosh amazing okay what what else should i pop up on i mean there's so much great stuff here is this you catching some air 
Yes, uh, this is my <laughs> buddy Sandro. I met him um, at an album release party in Valdez. He's like a high altitude filmmaker. He's super dope. Climbed K2 this this summer. Like he took some really cute photos of me and Mochi skiing together. <laughs> wow, I love this. Yeah. So he's a. You said he's a mountain photographer, a filmmaker. Yeah, he did. He did the drone footage for 14 Peaks. If you're familiar with that film. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he's he's super badass, like this hilarious uh, British dude who just loves a party. Biggest extrovert I've ever met in my life. Um, yeah, he's he's super awesome. He'd be a fun person to interview for sure. I was just <laughs> going to say I'm writing down right now. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to remind you after this podcast because I, I got to get like, him on here. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a hoot. He's absolutely hilarious, dude. <laughs> I love that. So have you uh, have you heli skied yet or have you? I have not or... yet actually I I tried this past season um but it's pretty expensive and a little bit you have to kind of plan for it <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge planner I'm more of a like oh tomorrow I want to do this thing um so lately my goal actually I I'm actually trying to work for a heli ski company this this winter. I have the long-term goal of heli ski guiding, which I've only recently been saying out loud because it feels like a really big, scary dream. Um, but yeah, it's it's a goal definitely to get into the heli, but I would really like to be on the on the guiding side of things and uh, yeah, take people on some epic adventures. That's amazing. There's nothing better than like, a fun guide you know I went um whitewater rafting when I was younger and that was like one of the first times I'd done anything you know we can call it I guess extreme but oh dude, that's <laughs> I was <extreme. laughs> I was young and and the, his name was sunshine and uh, he just was like this just kind of like how you described your friends that you're making there just radiated love like not a single ounce of ego or fear or hatred in their body like they don't even know yeah. those words yeah um yeah. and I think that what's so important about an experience in life is it being accompanied by someone in that position like that's such a you know that's such a unique position for a human to be in because like you want somebody to have a core memory you don't want them just to be like oh you're here cool let's do it get out of here next yeah like every single person that they encounter is is you know moved by this experience so that's going to be that's cool if you if you end up getting in that position because you can have a lasting impact that will provide core memories for for the rest of people's lives so that's amazing totally so I want to kind of one of the topics I wanted to touch on too is is fear yeah. um you know whenever you look at extreme athletes or or you know su people summoning or even just doing these things like a lot of times it comes up people are saying like wow where, where's the fear when when does the fear kick in when like I, I just kind of wanted to you know talk about that with you and and you know how you've kind of moved through fear and how it's what it's taught about yourself and um and your during your journey and and yeah fear <laughs> yeah yeah no i have a lot of conversations with friends and athletes about fear all the time i i think fear in general is a good thing i think it makes sense from an evolutionary perspective why we have fear sometimes i wish i could kill my fear and get rid of it completely uh, but I know it's a good thing that it's there. Uh, I think specifically in rock climbing is where I probably feel the most fear since I'm newer to rock climbing and it's a little bit more obvious what, you're, <laughs> what the danger is. You're like, oh, if this rope 
broke, I would die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting, it's a really interesting relationship I've been kind of working through specifically in rock climbing is having to kind of sit with your fear and be like, okay, I have fear right now and I'm super scared. And everyone kind of jokes in rock climbing, you get like the Elvis legs, like your legs start like, <laughs> just getting really shaky. And <laughs> the Elvis I, legs, I love that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge uh, proponent of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the kind of sitting with it and, and, and acknowledging it and not kind of trying to run from it and having to just kind of, tell yourself like, yeah, I'm really scared, but like, we have to move through this, this move or get to this hold or, or whatever, and, and work on your breathing and kind of understand and trust yourself. Like I was doing this big climb a couple of weeks ago with one of my best friends, his name's Vincent. He's an amazing rock climber. He literally dances up rock. It's beautiful to watch him climb. But this girl came up and she like free soloed the route that we were doing. So she, we thought she, we were, she was gonna have a partner come she didn't have a partner. She just like went up and did it alone. And Vincent and I were talking after we were like, wow, like, you know, people kind of look at this sport and they'll look at people like Alex Honnold or people who free climb and they'll be like, wow, like those people are dumb. They're crazy. If they die, everyone's like, oh, serves them right. They're idiots, you know, but right. when you get closer to those sports and you kind of get closer to what that's like, you kind of grow an appreciation for that because you're like, even though I will never climb without a rope, but you're like, wow, I can kind of see how empowering it must be to trust yourself that much to know I have the skills and I have the physical and mental strength to be able to do this without a rope and to just like go climb whatever I want by myself. So it's, it's pretty sick when you see people that have really mastered fear. Um, I kind of feel like I have a baby relationship with my fear. I have a lot of stuff in skiing I'm trying to work on and rock climbing too but um yeah it's it's like pretty badass when people are like I, I got this you know totally I actually saw I forget where I saw it. actually it might have been one of something that you reposted but I saw uh some skiers that were at the base of a summit and their um tent that they had set up had the words um or had the sentence proceed with absolute confidence Mm. and I searched it up and I, I think it was like custom made for them. It wasn't like a, affiliated with any brand or anything. Um, but I just thought it was so badass that like here they were doing something so extreme and so, you know, just like defying the odds of, of death and, and their tent literally says proceed with absolute confidence. It's just like, it's like peak humanity. It's just yeah. like, I don't look at death. I don't look at any of those consequences. I just look at like the now and like what I'm capable of. Um, and yeah. like you said, use the word empowering. Um, that's just like, yeah, it's so cool to to know that like we're capable of that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's amazing. I mean, another thing too with you, like you had mentioned you're going through this journey of discovering what you can do and, and your fear and working through that. Like, do you have any self- like, do you, like, do you meditate or do you do the, you know, are you familiar with like Wim Hof, anything that helps you kind of elevate into, you know, through your growth? Like, do you have any self-help tools or anything like that? 
Um, I don't know. I wish I could say that I meditate. I did a little bit of meditation in college, but I'm kind of, I don't know. I feel like my self-discipline's not great at the moment. <laughs> um, You're very in the moment, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of chaotic. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, but I think, I mean, I was showing my mom some like videos and skiers and she was like, wow, the uphill looks horrible. And I was like, no, the uphill is the best because it's like that really slow pace and you just, you're just with you and your breath and you're just, I don't know, you just, you just kind of get in kind of like a meditative state, I, I'd call that. But um, yeah, you're, I think that's kind of my form of meditation is when I'm in those places where I literally cannot focus on anything else other than what I'm doing in that moment. And that's kind of what rock climbing is for me. Um, you know, when you're on the wall, there's no space in your brain for anything else. Like all you can think about is your next move and, and where your feet are and all those things. Um, so I think those kind of, I really love those being forced into those kind of corners with myself where it's just me and my physical body and my breath and you have to be hyper-focused on things. Well, you are absolutely right in the fact that that is your form of meditation. You know, and I think that that's something that I had to learn too, is like the term meditation, you instantly think like being quiet with your thoughts and breath work and stuff, but meditation can come in many forms in that, like what you just explained when you're on the rock or when you're at that you know, climb up the mountain and it's like, you're hearing the snow pack down and you can feel your heartbeat. And like, those are like, you are, it's kind of like Ramdas be here now. Like you are in the purest form of like being in the present moment. Um, no, that's really cool. I've always kind of wanted to learn more about how, you know, extreme athletes, um, uh, find time to just like, I guess you guys are, are in it all the time, but, um, find those little moments of just like, Oh, I'm here. This is like, amazing i'm grateful <laughs> yeah yeah and i i really want to be incorporating different types of sport i guess but more like yoga i love yoga but again i'm i'm not super consistent with it that's something i really want to get better at cuz i i feel it then too it's not quite the same for me i think cuz my brain gets like a little scattered all sometimes being in a pose and start thinking about something else but I do like how it makes my body feel. So there's, there's definitely a lot of different ways to, to incorporate that. Awesome. Well, I also, so one of the other things too, I wanted to chat with you about is some of the, the, um, I, I feel like we're in an era right now where greed is becoming, you know, it's increasing quite a bit, even in my industry, um, people care more about, um, profits than they do the experience of, of other humans and, and, yeah providing, you know, opportunities, equal opportunities stuff like that. And, and I think you had posted um, a few times a few months ago about how the ski industry in particular is kind of taking a, a, a trend towards maybe being a little bit more greedy than they should um, with like things like the icon pass and, and rising costs. I mean, when I was a kid uh, grow, uh, skiing at Schweitzer in Sandpoint, Idaho, I think a, a pass, it, I mean, I had a season pass, but I think to ski, it was like 50 or $55. Yeah. And yeah. now um, I went there last year and it was like almost a hundred bucks. It was a hundred dollars. Yeah. It was over a hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. So, you know, I think that getting outside and skiing and being in nature and skiing a mountain is, is an experience that I wish everyone could have the opportunity to do. But if you can't afford a thousand dollars pass season pass, and you only want to go a few times, it's hard to justify between all the gear and all that. So I wanted to talk with you about how, like, what are some things that you're seeing uh, in the industry that, um, maybe need some, um, some recalibrating or changing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think you nailed it. There's, I mean, the corporatization of skiing, I think in general, we live in like a corporatocracy. I don't know if that's a word, but corporations yeah. rule the day, uh, which really sucks. And, More power than government these days. Oh, totally. Yeah. They, they run everything. Um, and so, yeah, we've seen that with skiing for sure. And I, I think personally, I feel like a really strong resistance to that because for me, skiing growing up was something that was a huge kind of like piecemeal thing, you know, like my parents had three kids and I'm super fortunate they put us in like ski school when I was like in fifth grade, you know, that fifth grade pass, like super grateful for programs like that. Um, like the canned food drive nights, we'd be up there, Toyota-thon, we'd be up there. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. The canned yeah. good drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh so having a season pass, I remember like mowing lawns, trying to like get whatever I could to kind of ragtag it together because I just loved it so much. Um, but seeing it become more and more inaccessible, like I don't even know how like a 15 year old would mow lawns in the summer to be able to afford, you know, a thousand dollar ski pass. Like there's no way it's, it's just absurd unless you're charging a hundred bucks a lawn. Like, how do you do that? Um, and so I had an icon pass when I lived in Seattle for about a year. And then the next year, they basically doubled the price of it to ski at Crystal Mountain. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm out. Like, luckily, I had learned how to backcountry ski. And that was super liberating because it's like, all right, I, anywhere there's snow, I can go out with my skis and go do that, which is a huge privilege in its own right, too. Right. So being able to have the freedom and the resources in knowledge and have some some training in, in avalanche understanding and knowing when I'm an avalanche train or not super key to go out into the backcountry but um I kind of was like all right I love resorts I love skiing at resorts but I I kind of only want to support resorts that are independent and are not on icon pass not on Vail resorts epic pass so um shout out to the, <laughs> to the shout, yeah here's the plug plug them plug them plug them <laughs> yeah mount baker we love you <laughs> yeah uh, so there's only a couple that are kind of staying true and uh one of them up in alaska is alieska they're awesome i'm stoked to see you there this winter but yeah it's uh it's really hard i think for for everybody and i don't know i'm just yeah i'm definitely over how corporate everything has gotten yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned too, is, is you're grateful that your parents got you skiing early and, you know, yeah. I can relate because we didn't really know at the time, you know, when you're a kid, you're just kind of going, moving through life. You're not like, you have your interests. Yeah. But your parents really are responsible for like a lot of your experiences as a young kid yeah. and, you know, having that condo and like being able to go ski Schweitzer, I didn't realize how lucky. And at the, at the time I was, I mean, I thought that was just normal for people to go up and ski, but then looking back at it, I'm like, wow, like this is, you know, that was such a great era, <clears throat> you know, every winter going up every weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just, I, I want every kid and even adult to be able to go up there and experience that and not feel like they're, you know, having to donate a kidney just to go I know. get some ski yeah. days. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the whole corporate world is, is that's a whole nother discussion in itself. But I think that when you have suits, people in suits who don't understand the world that they're governing in a way um, it's tough. You know, if, if everyone in any, in any industry could run their own companies um, 
the way that they wanted to and structure pricing and stuff like that. I feel like everyone would benefit, but yeah. that's in a perfect world, right? <laughs> yeah. The one thing I will say about that though, is I, I have seen a huge uptick in the amount of small organizations that little people are creating for their community to support access to the outdoors. So there's a bunch Amazing. in Seattle. I see them all over and I see more and more all the time, just like kind of people our age, people of like, you know, regular old folks that are like, hey, I love this sport. I would love for other people to try this sport too. Cause I truly believe the outdoors like are for everybody and that it's a soul full experience to be in the outdoors and to have that spiritual connection with nature. And I think everybody needs to experience it because it's truly the best, most life-giving thing you can experience. But um yeah, tons of awesome organizations. It's almost like mutual aid in a way. It's community care. Like getting people out who who might not have been able to afford it so there's a lot of scholarships there's a lot of people around that are doing that and so i would encourage people to check out what's in your area if you're thinking about it there's there's a lot people are doing a lot of wonderful work i love it well what are some things that you're looking forward to you said you're getting ready for a big move to alaska what are you, do you have anything planned or like what are some things that you're looking forward to most when you get back there yeah um oh my gosh i have my soul sister athena she's amazing she's a free ride coach up at alieska um huge full of life chick i love her so much we were skiing down in chile together um we're gonna train a lot this winter we both uh want to pursue a career in ski guiding and we're kind of both at the same certification level she's a way sicker skier than me but i'm stoked to train with her and uh kind of work on our avalanche training and i think we're gonna join an adult ski racing league even though both of us grew up kind of with that mindset of like <laughs> racing sucks but we've acknowledged in our adulthood that ski racers are the best skiers on the mountain unfortunately <laughs> so we're gonna call an ass yeah yeah <laughs> Those guys have no fear. <laughs> oh, even watching like the Olympics and even when I was a kid going up to Schweitzer, when they would, uh, they would close off portions of the mountain on those race days, I would just sit on the, the side of the mountain and like drink a beer and just watch. And I'm like, how do you, you know, cause there's times where I'm, you know, when you, when you kind of got to get some speed down a hill to catch a cat track or something and I'm hauling ass and I'm sitting there tucking my, you know, my deals in there. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I, if I like, catch an edge like I might be dead like it's I'm over. <laughs> it's <laughs> over so to see those people probably going twice as fast as I was going yeah. it's it's extremely impressive no um well awesome what are, what are some things I know it might be kind of a, a you know loaded question but for for those kids that are out there um do you have like what are what are some things that you maybe want to say to them or some advice or um even just some things to look out for as they begin their journey yeah I think this year was one of the biggest years I took the most risks, just showing up alone places. I mean, I did have mochi, but um, showing up alone. <laughs> Gotta have the guard dog. Yeah, 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 emotional support. Uh, yeah, just kind of showing up alone and being taken care of by the places that I showed up. And a lot of people respect you for showing up alone. Like I had so many people in Alaska that'd be like, wait, you just came here and didn't know anybody? I was like, yeah. Like, is that weird? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, I thought, yeah. But they were all like, damn, like respect. And it's pretty cool how communities will just kind of open their arms to you. I experienced that down in Chile too. I went down there alone. I knew some people I was going to go see, but um, yeah, it's, uh, 
been pretty rewarding for me this past year to just kind of take those risks and and go into new spaces and just show up authentically and see you know how, how that plays out for you and I think honestly it's it's been the most life-giving experience for me this past year doing that so I would encourage everybody if you're like hey I kind of want to do this thing it's kind of scary kind of alone in it uh do it like it's okay to be alone you won't be alone when you get there I love it. Well, Annie, thank you so much. This has been so great hearing about all your adventures. Uh, if you haven't already, go and follow her and and watch it. It's like a it's a movie. Like I literally every time I see a new story pop up, I'm like, amazing. Uh, you're the best, dude. I so, love following your creative journey too. You're thank awesome. you, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, have so much fun in Alaska. Keep enjoying life, and and you are an inspiration. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk today. Of course. Thank you. Maybe we'll do a part two uh, a year into your official Alaska residency. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Annie, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Evan.